Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of the Commercial Connection podcast, where we hope to connect you with outstanding commercial real estate. I am your host, Spencer Taylor with Mill Creek Commercial. It is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. We sure appreciate it. Today's guest, Neil Walgren. Neil is a uh, uh, an investor, an educator. He is uh, lives has lived a life of investing in commercial real estate and is going to um, talk to us a little bit today about single tenant properties and triple net leases. So Neil, uh, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, forgive me. Uh, who, tell me, who, who are you with, Neil? Uh, so I'm with MAG Capital Partners and we are a, a single tenant net leased investment firm based out of Fort Worth, Texas, uh, with an emphasis on the industrial space. Wonderful. Wonderful. Neil, before we dive too deep into the good stuff on commercial real estate, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Where do you live? Family? Hobbies? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, So I am uh, living in the North Beach neighborhood of San Francisco, California. Right on. Uh, I grew up, I grew up kind of nearby uh, out in the East Bay, but had uh, had a stint for about 12 years flying a C-130 Hercules for both the U.S. Air Force and the Navy. Um, so that took me all over the country. I lived in about six different states, lived in Tokyo for four years, wow. been, been to over 100 countries. Uh, so really <laughs> very, very different uh, play from the real estate game, but uh, really a good, good fun, fundamental background, I think, in terms of, you know, realizing what you want to be working for. Uh, and I still travel quite often. I think I caught the bug back then. And um, really the, the real estate game for me has been a great way both to, you know, pursue things I find personally rewarding, you know, growing wealth, putting together exciting investments yeah. and being able to do it in a way that doesn't necessarily require you, you know, in an office nine to five, similar to a lot of other jobs. Well, thank you for your service. We sure appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, let's let's dive in here. Let's talk about, I think, uh, the topic that should be on a lot of people's minds when they when they want to look into commercial, when they want to look into the single tenant genre of of investment properties. Let's talk about the risk. I mean, what is the risk in in uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say, like putting all your eggs in one basket with a single tenant property. What are what are some of those risks? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, I like to when I talk about specifically single tenant industrial, I like to do it in a comparative way to an asset type that more people maybe have experience with. So mm-hmm. I like to um, you know use multifamily as a common you know kind of a side by side comparison. So when when going into a single tenant net lease investment, you know your focus on where the where, where does the risk excuse me where does the risk lie uh, shifts from you know in a multifamily deal it's going to be more about demographics it's going to be about location it's going to be about knowing your submarket like the back of your hand because you're going in you're you're buying typically an underperforming asset you're running the numbers you're saying I think we can raise rents to this amount I think we can increase occupancy to this amount based on my market research. And a lot of that 
is is still true to some extent, but shifts to the back seat for how to evaluate the risk on single tenant net lease type of properties. So on those, the credit of your tenant is absolutely the most important risk factor to really wrap your head around when evaluating you know, the overall risk return profile of an investment in that space. So why the tenant? I mean, location's important, visibility's important, um, construction, right? But what other, com- like other real estate fundamentals are, um, uh, who, what other tenants are around you, right? That can kind of push walk-in traffic, right? But you're saying it's all about the tenant. Why is that? I, and I will caveat, the, the type of tenants that we're looking at don't rely on consumer traffic. Okay. Right? So okay. these, these are primarily manufacturing firms, uh, primarily do B2B. So the, these are, are companies, just to use some examples, uh, you know, they're making aerospace, you know, wing flaps and, and landing gear parts or automotive fluid assembly transfer systems that they're selling to other end user assemblers of, you know, kind of final finished goods. So yeah. the, these are these are in, in our space, especially on the industrial side, these are companies that don't need to be on Main Street. They don't need yeah. to be, you know, on that right on that major highway. Uh, and it helps to kind of, you know, have have a, a you know latent level of, of solid real estate to fall back on. But ultimately, the, the creditworthiness of the tenant tends to be, a um, you know, absolutely your largest risk factor to evaluate when going into these projects. This is good. So I'm going to pick your brain a little a little bit deeper here, if that's okay. Sure. How do you know if a tenant is 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 good enough? Like let's let's talk about due diligence. How do you know how risky the tenant is? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, I think before you dive into specific metrics, it's good to kind of categorize what types of tenants can you have. Sure. Um, and in, in our space, we really, we boil it down to, um, you know, effectively public tenants and private tenants. Mm-hmm. And the, those public tenants, typically publicly traded uh, or large enough where they have an outside credit agency coming in, a Moody's and S&P, uh, Fromley's, they, they can come in give a very objective credit rating to these companies. And that, that provides a great basis for you as an investor or an investment team to make a calculation to go how you know, objectively risky or safe is, is this tenant in terms of being able to pay its rent and stay in business. Uh, in our space, we, we play largely in the private credit tenant space. So most of these companies are privately held or um, owned by a you know typically private private equity group that specializes in the type of manufacturing that these tenants mm-hmm. perform, and on on those type of companies, really there is no you know that there's no roadmap to you know look and get a score and find out very quickly you know how risky or safe that that tenant is. So what we do is actually have a credit advisory team in house, and we run our own credit. So we actually create full you know typically about a ten page. 10 to 15 page credit memo on every investment that we go into. And that's a core piece that we bring to our investors for them to be able to evaluate, to say, hey, this is the analysis we've done. And really here's why we think this is a safe bet for the typically five years we plan to hold a real estate that we think this tenant that's been in place a long time is gonna continue to be able to pay its rent 
and stay effectively financially solvent. Are, are there, so, you, you know, you, I'm sure you play some sort of red light, green light, right? Like, okay, this is what we like about this tenant. And then over here, you know, the flags, um, could you, could you just give us a few green lights? Like, like, what do you look for? And then what are, what are some of the flags that, uh, you know, maybe if you saw them with enough of the flags, you know, the deal, the deal goes, you know, south, it goes away. Right. Yeah, no, that's a great question. We, we, uh, kind of jokingly call it the sniff test. Um, so we, we do a, a three light system early on red, yellow, green, uh, and really that comes from our, our head of credit advisory, uh, a gentleman, John Den. He actually comes from Store Capital, um, was a, a very influential manager in their, their credit team. Store Capital is a, a single tenant, net leased industrial REIT, uh, publicly traded. It really has that kind of institutional background in evaluating tenant risk, especially in the manufacturing industrial space. So he'll, he'll come in, um, you know, Typically, we, we ask for, you know, several years of audited financials so we can see, you know, with a high degree of certainty, at least trend level. Hey, have, are these guys making money? Are they profitable? Uh, are they growing? You know, how, how does that top line revenue look? How does that, you know, how are they controlling their costs? You know, how do they do during COVID? Did they, you know, were they able to, you know, maybe take a haircut on, on revenues, but also were they able to manage their expenses at the same time? And these, these are, you know, kind of effective underlying strengths of credit and strengths of, of business acumen that we look for kind of for that, that initial sniff test to say, Hey, is, is this likely to be a, a good, you know, horse to back for the you know time we expect to own this real estate? Fascinating. So interesting. I mean, like we, we put a lot of value on the tenant. I mean, there's some real estate where it's like, uh, you know, the, the the real estate fundamentals mean more, you know, maybe perhaps like in the restaurant world or something where you could easily turn that into, um, you know, you could easily uh, retenant it with a similar, like a competitor or, you know, something similar, kind of same genre, right? Um, and, and, in those kind of deals, at least deals we've done, the real estate means a lot more than the tenant. But we've mm-hmm. also done the deals yep. with like, okay, the tenant is the one that's really driving investment into this particular property because, you know, uh, perhaps the cost to relocate, the cost to find another location that meets their needs, like such a huge barrier like they're not going to yep. jump they're not going to jump across the street to save four dollars a square foot per <laughs> you know per year or whatever right sure because it's so costly for them to move and so uh it's a game right it's a game of okay tenant property you know real estate fundamentals and all that stuff fascinating fascinating um let's let's go into let's Absolutely. go into Sorry, Neil, what was that? Oh, um, you go ahead. You, you froze for a second there. Um, let's, let's go into, uh, let's go into um, uh, maybe, maybe traditional leases versus absolute triple net leases. Uh, specifically, I'm, I'm, 
really fascinated by which is better for the landlord and which is better for the tenant? Yeah, no, great questions. Um, you know, what I found over time is different real estate assets, you know, really you can, you can structure any lease to be triple net or gross, uh, but certain asset types tend to, you know, tend to rely more on a norm of one versus the other. Um, so just to, you know, use an example, you're, you know, paying, paying rent at home, uh, you know, the, the landlord is going to absorb the vast majority of those building level costs. So it's going to be much more similar to a gross lease. You don't have a, you know, an apartment renter paying property tax or, or, um, uh, you know, a, a building level insurance, you know, on that piece. But in the industrial space, especially the single tenant industrial, it's very common. And, you know, we, we see a effectively structure in this industry um, that we play in where it's very common that manufacturing firms will expect, you know, a rent to come in that reflects a, a triple net structure. And they actually prefer it in a lot of ways because it allows them freedom to operate. Um, and so, you know, when, when we're comparing the two, you know, just a, a quick review to your listeners, you know, your triple net uh, cost expense categories are going to be the first one's going to be property taxes. Uh, the second's going to be building level insurance that includes premiums, deductibles, et cetera. Uh, and the third is is loosely defined as as utilities and upkeep. Um, so that third piece we'll talk a little bit more about because there's significant variability on that on what that truly means. But the first two are a little more cut and dry. You know, you have taxes, you have insurance. And really, in different ways to approach that, either you know the landlord pays those and backbills the tenant, or uh, in the case of most industrial, uh, the tenants actually pay for it directly themselves. Um, and so it really becomes you know kind of a hands-off risk factor for a landlord. What's nice is even if the tax assessor comes and doubles the tax rate, or even if the the insurance company comes and says, "Hey, your, your premiums have tripled based on whatever factors have changed," you know, all those are are what I call operational expense risk, and and they do happen. Um, but you know, we as an ownership or investment group are able to insulate ourselves from that unknown by placing those expense categories on the tenant. So take us into the mind of the of the tenant on that. Why why is a tenant okay with paying property taxes, with paying insurance, with covering? you know, maintenance, broken window, clock, toilet. Why is the land, excuse me, why is the tenant um, comfortable doing that? I mean, what, what advantage do they have of doing that? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's control, right? Uh, and the second piece, probably more important is, is price. Um, so, you know, a net lease where a tenant's absorbing those expenses, they're going to expect to pay a much lower price per square foot in rent. So a gross lease where, um, those expense categories that push the landlord, um, you're going to pay a higher price um, per square foot, you know, in return for that. So uh, the other piece is, is control. And especially in a single tenant operation, you know, just to use an example, right? Most of, most of what we buy real estate wise, we're buying through a mechanism called sale leaseback. So we, we are actually buying real estate where the seller is also the, the occupant. Um, typically that manufacturing firm who's been in place there for decades is selling us the real estate. They're staying in place just on paper. They go from an owner to a renter. And in return, 
simultaneous with that that sale, they will sign a brand new twenty year full triple net lease. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they are effectively you know maintaining in place, uh, but also remaining in control in terms of how they run their their building and their operation. You know they don't need to ask permission. If they want more space, they simply build it, but it's on their own dime, right? If they want to, you know, run the AC or keep the lights on all night, hey, that's that's their prerogative because they're paying all that directly. So we, as a, a landlord, we're kind of much more of a hands-off landlord relationship in that type of, you know, tenant owner, um, uh, you know, basically coupling there. Yeah, good to know. Good to know. Um... <laughs> Neil, what what else what else should we dive into here? Yeah, I I like to mention a little bit about um, the difference on on triple net and absolute triple net. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, go um, ahead. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of unique from space to space. But you know, one thing in the single tenant industrial space, you will have some leases get expanded beyond triple net, and that last piece of utilities gets expanded to include building maintenance. Uh, and this can be a, a major game changer for an owner or an investor in that, um, you know, when you structure a lease to be quote unquote, absolute triple net, you are not only putting all those expense categories we talked about, but also including capital building improvements. And that can include roof replacements that can include landscape that can include, you know, pouring new cement in the parking lots that can include, you know, HVAC, I mean, really capital intensive improvements that typically require a large amount of reserve and a large amount of expense, expense line preparation, you can fully remove those if the lease is structured um, as such in these, these investments to further protect an investment group. Yeah, that's good. You know, one, one of the things, one of the things I like you know, you, you have to, you have to, um, you know, if you're going to go and invest in these types of real estate, you have to have some level of like self-awareness. What kind of a landlord do you want to be? Do you want to be hands off? Good. Triple net leases is, is, is good for you. You can go sailing, you can go golfing, you can go play pickleball, you know, all weekend. If you want to be involved and you know, there's there's economics in in the landlord's pocket if they want to be involved, and if you want to be involved, full service, you know, full service leases, uh, you can do that too, right? Absolutely, and and the type of you know owner really should be aligned type of investors who say, hey, you know, do we want to be making a ton of decisions that can yeah. add value or? you know, potentially crater, or are we looking for that, you know, really insulated cash flow, you know, more limited upside, but certainly limited downside, you know, lease, lease investor um, structure there. Neil, how'd, how'd you get into this? Because this is, it's interesting, you know, you, you're, you're military, uh, Air Force, right? Uh, Air Force, then the Navy. So Air Force and the Navy. Kind of a so so a life of, a life of military yeah. and then into real estate, the real estate investment world. What, what, what tickles your brain about this? Uh, You know, I had mentioned before kind of being able to just have a a much tighter control of a work-life balance. Um, And, and I think a lot of the flying actually relates to a triple net lease. And and I know that sounds maybe a bit of a stretch, but hear me out. Uh, 
you know, when, when we flew, there's, there's a ton of risks when you fly, right? I just yeah. a thousand things that can happen. And if you were afraid to take any risk, you just simply would never take off. Right. So just by deciding you're going to, you're going to fly, you're taking on risk. But what we would do before every operational and especially combat mission, we would effectively outline every risk we can identify and say, Hey, can we contain this in some way? Right. Can we remove this piece off the table? And, And it could be everything from, you know, maintenance reviews, making sure we do our inspections, making sure all the required checks have been done. Uh, uh, You can look at weather and and really set hard limits on yourself to go, hey, if the weather is outside of these parameters, if the mission is not, you know, a a quote unquote critical flight to fly, then that will simply wait wait till the next day, right? You can look at at physiological factors, how how tired you are and your crew is, and, you know, make decisions based on, hey, are we alert enough to take on this mission that's going to require know, ultimately a high level of output and all those pieces we call operational risk management. And I, I kind of love the, the industrial space because we're kind of doing the same uh, and, and not just industrial, but this lease structure that both you and I plan to say, Hey, th- these are unknowns. Right. And, and I, I want to be protected from as many of those expense line unknowns as an, an investment group that I can. And we've, we've effectively accomplished that by you know structuring that triple net lease the way we do, um, so really I, I think a, a lot of that you know early experience uh, kind of guided me into you know the the world of commercial real estate that I, I ended up in. Neil, that's that's really insightful. Thank you for sharing. That's really cool. Um, Absolutely, Neil. If uh, somebody would like to reach out to you, are do you do you take phone calls? Do you do you answer emails and that sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. So I love to hear, you know, thoughts on thoughts on the show on, uh, you know, questions that you have on, on the material or, you know, if you're interested in um, joining into, you know, uh, a different investment group, um, you can reach out directly. Uh, my email is neil, N-E-I-L at mag CP for mag capital partners, uh, or just give me a ring or shoot me a text 925-487-3978. Neil, thank you. We sure appreciate having you on. Neil is the Chief Operating Officer for Mag Capital Partners, a great asset, a great uh, wealth of knowledge for anyone looking at uh, a commercial real estate investment. Thank you, Neil, for joining us. It was a pleasure having you. Thanks so much for having me, Spencer. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you feel so inclined, which we hope you do, go ahead, give us a five-star rating. We would love that. And also take a few minutes uh, just to share this episode with someone you feel like could could uh, use this information. So uh, until next time, have a good day, and we'll see you on the next uh, next week. <laughs>